Welcome back to Please Stop, our little podcast. This is part two of the chaotic LA trip Katie and I went on. I'm Chaz. I'm Katie. And thank you so much for listening. If you're here, if you enjoyed part one, we're so glad you're back for part two. If you're just now tuning in, make sure you go back and listen to the previous episode. It will be our LA trip part one, and it'll just give you a lot of background and context for all of the entertainment that is to follow because things are about to get crazy. Please stop. Where did we leave off, Jazz? So things are going to be picking up now. We just <laughs> left off where we are assuming he did not tip at the nice hotel restaurant, but we are relieved he did return for us and did not abandon us. The juggalette was enjoying herself. She was juggaletting. Whining and dining. We left. We are now on our way to the Malibu house, having no idea what to expect. Our nerves are all over the place. They're a little calm. They're a little spiked. I felt very calm given the circumstances, but yes, given your circumstances, fully understandable. I think your nerves were jangled to say the least. Jangled. Not not your usual state, but... Right. I'm typically jangled. Okay. So he comes back. We get back into his car. We start driving to Malibu, which is... I don't know how far this drive was. 40 minutes? 30 minutes? See, I don't think it was that far because... Maybe it doesn't matter. It doesn't It doesn't... Matter. Irrelevant. The drive was fucking insane. <laughs> he was driving like a complete maniac. And the PCH is already pretty crazy. Wait. Okay, for those who maybe are not familiar, because I don't know shit about California, as we've discussed in the past, I'm a New Yorker and a Gulf Coaster. I don't fuck with the West Coast. The PCH is the Pacific Coast Highway. So you've probably seen it in movies or you've at least heard of it. It is this very intense high-speed highway that is literally on the edge of a cliff that goes just tumbling into the ocean. It goes all the way up the coast of California, as far as I know. And Malibu is a town within LA. I think it's within LA. Honestly, I don't fucking know. But it's Close to LA that is like right on the PCH. It just is kind of dangling on the edge of this cliff and at any moment could just fall off the face of the earth and fall into the ocean. Heidi Montag's plastic surgeon, who also was supposed to be mine, died driving down the PCH in his Jeep. His border collie was ejected and lived. He was announced dead the day after he and I did a virtual consultation that took me 90 days to finally get R.I.P. Frank Ryan. Anyway, PCH is chaotic in itself. So on the way, we notice he now has um, some luggage. What else did he have in the car, Katie? All right. So this man was sitting, obviously, in the driver's seat. Charles was in the front seat. I was in the back of his SUV that was a rental, as we've discussed. And I was next to all of his, like, random shit that he had brought, allegedly, from his house in in LA that yeah like that we that he told us he had a house somewhere in LA and I'm looking over at his stuff it he has a suitcase but the other thing he had in the back seat was a cooler and it was not I wouldn't even say like a nice cooler because what is a nice cooler unless you have a yeti or something and you live in Austin but this cooler it just looked dingy like it looked dirty and it looked 
old and maybe like it hadn't been used in a long time. I don't even know where to take this from here. I'm thinking, okay, another quick backtrack. When we were texting, prefacing the trip, he asked me, are you or Katie a good cook? And I said, absolutely not, which is a lie. (laughs) Katie is a good cook. We know I'm not. We've talked about it. Because I said to Katie, if I tell him we're a good cook, this man probably is lonely and divorced and he wants like a girlfriend experience maybe. And he's going to want to cook or at least for us to cook. And there's no way in hell I'm flying across the country to cook for anyone. I'm going to Nobu. So I thought. So it's a red flag for me. I'm like, I hope this cooler is meant for drinks on the beach. And we asked him and he was like, oh, you know, my boss's wife cooked some beans. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, oh, yeah, like my boss's wife cooked and we were all eating it. Did he say that day or was it like the day before? He did. I don't think he said. I don't know how old. He was just like my boss's wife made marinated steak and beans. And so I brought them. So I thought that we could cook. The steak wasn't even cooked. You did not get raw meat from your boss's wife. You were trying to cut corners and save money on dinners by bringing leftover beans from God knows where, from God knows how long ago, and marinated raw meat. In a moldy ass cooler. And so he mentions the beef and the beans. And Chaz and I are like, oh, no, you fucking don't at this point. And so I go, oh, from the back seat, just chiming in. I go, oh, who's going to cook? <laughs> I was like, well, me and Chaz are really bad at cooking. We were like, we burn toast. Like we, all we can make really is like one fried egg. And usually we burn it. Like it's just, we're not very good cooks. And this man goes, yeah, I'm not a good cook either. So we still don't know who's going to cook this. No one was ever discussed to cook this shit. But he did say there's a grill. And I'm like, what are we going to do? Heat up the old beans on the grill? Like, when I say beans, this was a vat. Like, <laughs> two pints of liquefied brown mush. It, it was so not like, just use, we'll post a picture probably. Yeah, but. we'll definitely post a picture of these beans. Y'all got to see the beans. <laughs> but yeah. Chas and I at this point are cracking up internally trying not to show it and also like we will be damned if these beans are what we eat on this trip absolutely fucking not and so we're just like all right we'll cross this bridge when we come to it but also he still has the headphones in texting this woman rampantly and zooming zipping into the incoming traffic all of this on the pch so at this point we almost pass up the house we finally find it Oh my God. He does a U-turn into oncoming traffic at like 40 miles an hour. Is what I had blocked like. this part out. I completely forgot about this, but you're right. It was terrifying. It was horrifying. But at that point, the beans were still scarier. So we were just happy to get to the house. It was right on the PCH. There was barely a driveway. And it was also right on the ocean. It was just rocks and then the ocean. And I'm like, this man keeps insisting we go surfing, but there's just giant rocks everywhere in the water. Like, Also, he didn't bring a wetsuit. Anyway, we get to the house. The house is gorgeous. We start to calm down. Mm -hmm. Yes, the house looks exactly like it did in the listings he sent us. It was absolutely stunning. Two, no, three stories. There was an outdoor hot tub, a beautiful deck, full ocean view. Like Chas said, it was quite literally dangling off of the highway right on top of the ocean. Um, And so, of course, you know, we all have our own bedrooms, which is very nice. So Chaz and I bring our bags in. We're starting to pick rooms. So he got the money wired 
we think, or told the woman no. But now he's obsessing over this big media deal he's got to complete. We get to the house. He can't figure out the Wi-Fi. And I'm like, oh, just download the app. It was like an Airbnb equivalent he used to book it. That was very upscale. And he was like, oh, I, I don't know how to do all that. I'm like, who booked this? What do you mean? You're about to buy the biggest media company known to man and you don't know how to download an app to get the Wi-Fi, the instructions from the host. And that's red, a red flag number one. Um, red flag number two. Oh, and he's saying well, how he's got this call in like two hours to buy the media company. Not just talk to them, to buy it, to purchase the entire thing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can't wait to listen to them this. And then I'm thinking, we still don't have a dinner res though. And I'm still panicked because I'm like, do I have to make a fucking dinner res for myself? If you ever take Katie and I on a date, you better pick the place and the reservation. Cannot deal with having to not only like prepare myself to meet someone new, do all of the work associated with that, fly across the country in this case, and then figure out where to eat for dinner in a place I've never been to. Like, no, you figure it out. With two hours notice, like he made the lunch res. It had become apparent at this point that we would not be going to Nobu that night. Or maybe ever. (laughs) So we're picking our rooms and I'm like, oh, there was like one giant room with a beautiful bathtub. And I was being polite and I was like, oh, do you want the master bedroom? And he goes, yeah, okay. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's really my room. Like that belongs to me, but whatever. Don't be greedy. But I was a little taken aback by that. He also, we had to ask him to help us carry our luggage. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> Again, it was just kind of becoming more and more apparent that there were, there was maybe a reason why this man had been previously unsuccessful in dating and relationships and potentially why he needed to fly two women that he doesn't know out to Malibu for a weekend in a rental home. That was becoming more apparent by the minute. Like he was not really gentlemanly we kind of had to force him to be a gentleman in a lot of situations with like carrying the bags or giving Chaz the nicer room, which he never did. He just took it for himself. Just weird, strange behavior, but whatever. We're not going to make a scene about that. He's paying for the whole thing. It's a very expensive rental. Like if he wants the nice bathroom, he should have it. Sure. It's weird, but sure. Anyway, we get in. He doesn't know what the Wi-Fi is, but he's insisting that he needs to continue working for a couple of hours. So Chaz and I are like, okay, no problem. Like, we'll just like change and get ready and like hang out together and explore the house and go in the hot tub. So that's what we do. It was great. Katie and I had a moment to ourselves for the first time since him coming back and to pay at the restaurant and just kind of zoned out in the hot tub and took it all in and just couldn't stop laughing about how weird all of this was and surreal. So then I'm like, oh, his call's happening soon. I kind of want to eavesdrop to see if this is the real deal. And also let's go get ready because we have to make ourselves a dinner reservation because it's dinner time almost. I've been up since 5.30. It's like 8 or 9 o'clock New York time. I'm starving. And also I kind of need some alone time. So worst comes to worst, let's go to dinner, just us. We're like, we have to get the fuck out of this house so that we're not stuck here with only those beans as an option. (laughs) Exactly. So- He's like, well, before I take my meeting, we need to go get some liquor. He unpacks the rest of the cooler. There are some old limes that were brown with Dorito crumbs is all I can imagine they were. One of the most horrifying things I've ever seen an adult pull out with the intention to eat it. These were brown, hard, crusty limes 
with crumbs on them. So between the raw meat, the beans, and the old brown crumb trash-filled limes, it's giving dumpster diver. Wait, there was also like gas station snacks. There was trail mix. Hummus. Hummus. There was some some baby carrots. Yeah, and some weird little protein bars. It was very, very strange. And Chaz and I are looking at all of this kind of in horror. And we're like, oh, like we were so excited to explore and see the city and go to LA and go to restaurants and, you know, explore Malibu. Like that's why we came to California. So we'll probably just, you know, these are nice to have around as snacks at home, but like we'll probably be eating out most of our meals. The other thing is the alcohol situation. He brought a giant handle of Patron, which keep in mind also, we're not being bitches. We, I fully communicated to him my expectations for this trip. Katie and I like a culinary experience if we're traveling and dedicating an entire weekend to a city in an area we're not used to. Like I go to LA all the time, but I've never been in Malibu. I couldn't wait I, to go explore. I don't want to. I didn't want to stay home and eat snacks and old trash limes. So it's not like we felt misled a little when he pulled out all these snacks, and um, he was like, "Okay, yeah." So he said again, "I." Well, he pulls out the Patron, and I'm like, "Oh, just so you know, like, like I did tell him, Katie does not drink tequila, and I said I only drink Reposado. Is that pretentious? Maybe women out there." men, whatever. If you think there's something wrong with me only wanting to drink a certain type of alcohol that doesn't leave me hungover, that's high quality. Maybe you should get higher standards. I'm not drinking Patron. Sorry. Yeah, grow up, first of all, if you have a problem with that. Second of all, truly no problem if he hadn't, like, if he didn't want to get other alcohol. Chaz and I are more than capable of providing it to ourselves. We just needed a ride to a place to do that. But also, if that was the only option, both Chaz and I would choose to not drink. Like, it's not like we're being bitches and being like, you have to buy us different alcohol. It's literally just like, you got all of these snacks and all of this stuff didn't ask us at all what we like or what we might want to have around for snacks or what we might want to drink at night at the rental or like when we're going in the hot tub or anything like that. So it was just, again, like another just indicator of this man is maybe not the most considerate and gentlemanly as we had perceived him to be originally. Huge lack of communication on his end. So I'm, I remind him that I, because again, on our first date, I made a big deal about how I cannot drink anything other than Reposado. Otherwise I will be violently hungover. And he was obsessed with me drinking. As he stated a million times, he was impressed that I can drink him under the table. So he was nice with this and he's like, okay, let's go to the liquor store and get you both some, some things you want. Also safety tip, Katie and I discussed beforehand, we will only be making our own drinks If we open up one bottle of alcohol, we do not drink from it again. Yep. That might sound wasteful. This is self-preservation. He could slip something. Not saying that he would. Not saying he's that type of person. But you don't know. We don't know these people. Exactly. This person. And we didn't want to open up a bottle, a giant handle of tequila and give this person multiple opportunities to put something in the bottle when we're not paying attention. Like, it's just, we're being smart. So we go to the liquor store. Katie picks out the wine she likes. He tells her to. I pick out a small, like, small bottle of Reposado. We go to check out. It wasn't that much money, but the man looks panicked when it's time to pay. Horrified. He then asked, 
the cashier because there were no prices on the bottles. Obviously, like I'm in a different city and I try to pick local wine. Of course, if I'm like near a place with a really good wine growing region like Napa or Solvang or something like that in California, I'm trying to pick California wines, which are things that I don't have access to right now. So because there are no prices on the bottles, I have no idea what these things cost that I'm picking out. But I'm just, you know, kind of going with like what labels look cute or like placement on the shelf. They're like, you know, it's not like I'm grabbing the top highest placement on the shelf or anything. I'm just pulling. And I think I pulled three bottles because we were going to be there for three nights. Um, and we also knew once we opened one, we will no longer be drinking. From exactly. It. Like it wasn't like we would go back to it. Um, and so I just pulled three bottles. Chaz picked out a bottle of Reposado, like a small one. Because, again, this was just going to be hers since he had brought a giant handle of Patron for him. And we go to ring it up and he starts asking the ca- the person working the cash register. And he was like, what are the prices of all of these? Like, he was just like, oh, well, how much was that? And then he was like, okay, well, no, we're go- we'll go put this back. Which was awkward because <laughs> Katie's my friend and my guest. And it's basically like, he also was upset that I got the small bottle of Reposado. Yeah. And he wouldn't stop saying, well, you're going to drink me under the table. You need the bigger bottle. And I'm like, well, you're literally telling my friend to put back alcohol and telling me to pick up more. No, thank you. And at that point, I'm about to put back all of it because I'm no longer comfortable getting drunk around this person under his roof because he's a little too adamant that I drink him under the table. So I was like, well, I reminded him, which I did so many times. When I travel, I like to only drink with dinner or when I'm going out. I don't ever drink at home. So I'm definitely not going to drink at home on vacation. And I was like, I maybe might have like a one glass before dinner or uh, in the hot tub, but it's unlikely. Like I'd rather do all my drinking out to make it more of an experience. Again, I'm not staying home drinking Reposado eating beans. <laughs> so that was awkward katie puts her wine back i stay with my little tiny bottle we go back to the house it's even weirder vibes that's when katie and i did our hot tub thing and then we get ready for dinner i make us a res from a restaurant that was walking distance because i didn't really want to get back in the car with him to be honest and i was thinking he's gonna have his call for the media deal so we can go to dinner just us because i needed time with just us we're listening to the call it He's like, oh, it's, it didn't go well. And I'm like, well, not shocked. And I was like, well, I made Katie and I a dinner res. You can come meet up. It's just the place that's literally next door. Come meet up whenever you're ready. He's like, oh, I'm ready. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, um, I'll drive us. Let me just, let's have a drink here first. He pours himself over it. how much... Patron. He basically grabbed like a highball glass, which is like a full size drink glass, not a shot glass, not a small glass. He then proceeded to grab this glass, fill it basically all the way up with tequila. And then like, I think a tiny little squirt of one of those dry ass limes. Which Katie fucking put, she didn't catch how gross the limes looked. And she was being nice making my drink because the last thing we wanted to do was have this person make our drinks because that was our agreement to not. Katie puts the crusty ass fucking lime in the my drink. I had cut best part of that lime out to squeeze into your drink. But then I thought, I mean, it was dry and it wasn't very juicy. And so I thought maybe there would be more lime flavor if I just put it in. So I put it in. That's like having a piece of toilet paper with shit on it and choosing the <laughs> piece that has the least shit on it like no. I was trying to get you a better tasting drink I'm sorry it was whatever oh I did my best. <laughs> and he's also like and let's play some music the man the other unhinged thing he packed 
was a how tall was the speaker do you think it was like half half the size of us the speaker was two feet tall at least it was uh, oh it was a gigantic like dj sized speaker that you would see at like a show massive speaker <laughs> massive so heavy which he wanted us to help him carry a, a mess <laughs> And so he starts blaring Black Eyed Peas, Where's the Love, and Bruno Mars. And Katie and I are just having another out-of-body experience while he's this man is sipping straight tequila. Not sipping, chugging. And then being like, we're gonna, I'm going to drive you. At this point, I think, like, we're just, we're along for the ride. Like, we have committed ourselves to the bit of whatever this weekend is going to be. And we're just cracking up because now we've kind of relaxed. We've gotten to the place. Our stuff is secure We've been in the hot tub. We're having some wine. Like at this point, we're just like, we think it's really funny. And it is. The man is blaring the black eyed pea. <laughs> so, and again, the place was like less than a yard away. So we say, okay, fine. It's just right there. But before we leave, he keeps saying, you know, I really still think we should stay here and throw those steaks on the grill because we don't want to miss the sunset. And I'm like, oh, this place is actually known for the sunset. And he keeps saying, well, we have the same sunset at the house. I'm like, but we only have beans at the house. (laughs) I've had this conversation with this man at least four times before dinner, at dinner. So we finally get to the restaurant. I'm sitting next to him. I start – something about me that Katie watches is I am weird with men. I think I like them, and then all of a sudden I don't. And once I don't, I can't touch them. I can't look at them. I just want to be so far away. So I switch spots. So it's now me, Katie and him sitting next to each other and me facing them both, which was the weirdest seating. And it's time to order. And I say, oh, I don't know if I want the scallops or what was the other thing? Crab cakes. And he was like, oh, I think I want the fried calamari. He did not say he wanted grilled calamari. He said, I want fried calamari. I think you should do the scallops because I like those. He didn't say get both, but whatever. Maybe this is me being spoiled and greedy, but. No, but he should have said get both. Any man would say get both. Any man who's taking a pretty girl to dinner. I'm sorry. It's weird. We're not spoiled for saying that. Like Chaz and I have dated normal men, great guys, wonderful guys. And every single one of them, if we were like, oh, like. I want this, but I'm also interested in this. Like, I can't, like, I don't know. I can't decide. I really want both of them. They would be like, get both. Also, neither of us wanted fried calamari, but he was so insistent. So I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, whatever. Let's save the $11 and hold off on the crab cake, even though I really wanted it. Whatever. I could have gotten my own fucking crab cake. The whole time, keep in mind, this man has no idea Katie and I's own successes and abilities to fund our own fucking crab cake. But whatever. So... We're dining. This man is talking. Katie's engaging him because I just shut down because I can't. Yeah. At this, I mean, and this is why the trip was good and why you and I are good together in situations like this because obviously Buster's far more interested physically in Chaz than he is in me. Chaz is the person he originally took out. Chaz is the person he invited to Malibu. Chaz is the person that he was hoping to, I think, have some sort of relationship with that weekend whether it was a girlfriend experience or just something fun fling like you know a weekend to remember for him and now that I know Chaz is not into it 
I feel like my role is to kind of step in and be this guy's friend so that he doesn't feel like this weekend was a total waste or he feels, you know, like to just ask him questions about his life, get to know him a little bit, let him know like, you know, we're still interested in him as a person, even if Chaz is not interested in a relationship or taking things any further than just, you know, having a friendship and having a nice weekend together to hang out and be platonic. So at that point, I'm carrying conversation with him, just asking him about his business, asking him about his family, and we're chatting. As we're chatting, however, the calamari has arrived. We're ha- Jazz and I are having bites. We're having little fried calamari snacks. Buster is shredding the calamari. <laughs> Like a gerbil, a gerbil with a piece of newspaper, literally <laughs> shredding, like just crumbling the breading off of the outside of the calamari. There are little crumbs of breading all in a pile, pile. all over his plate, and he's chatting and barely eating and just crumbling. As he's speaking, and he won't eat the breading, and it is the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. We did an episode, Please Stop Orthorexia. Maybe, look, and that's not even me being funny. This is me being genuinely concerned about anyone who, why, but the weirdest thing about this is, why not just order the grilled calamari? If you right, don't, why not ask for it not fried if you're that concerned? Back to the sashimi incident. What is wrong with the man and fish and shellfish that throws him for a loop to the point where he has no idea how to order any of them. I really could not tell you. I don't know if he's ever been to a restaurant in his life. He seemed bewildered by the experience every time we did it. He seemed especially bewildered every time the check came. Yes. (laughs) But anyway, so during this conversation, we had also connected on social work. Like he, he doesn't work in social work, but he claimed he worked with the governor of California to house the homeless. I won't go into too much detail, but he like said very large numbers that he would dedicate to housing the homeless, which I was like, oh, I worked in the, to fight the the housing crisis in New York. I worked under the council member and all this stuff and it can be really frustrating and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I just love how compassionate Chaz is and all this stuff. And he's like, I found when you're working with the uh, mentally ill, the best thing to do is to just look them in the eyes when they're acting out and say, this isn't you. This isn't who you are. You're better than this. And at this point I do chime in. I finally speak and I'm like, yeah, not so much my experience. Um, Being in school for this and having firsthand experience, also just living in New York. I was like, last week we actually had someone mentally ill, unfortunately, shoot up our subway. I don't think telling that person in the moment, this isn't you, would have done much. And um, people with diagnosed mental illnesses that are very severe, like schizophrenia, you can't really rationalize when they're having an episode. So right there, I'm like, I I take this really seriously because there's a lot of hippy-dippy idiots out there who think we can fight the crisis we're in with literal murders happening with, with innocent people constant shootings by saying it's like a very thoughts and prayers approach he's also religious by the way and it really just pisses me off because you have no idea what you're fucking talking about if you really wanted to help them you would get psychiatric help not just throw a bible at them and say oh you're so much better than this i believe in you there's an imbalance like there's a neurological there's issues beyond that so that really pissed me off and at that point i'm like wait i think this man is full of shit Like it all just clicked in that moment 
So you can go on. And also Katie made a good point. She was like, I talked so much to him about him and not once did he ask anything about me. And I'm like, you're right. No, he did not ask a single question about what I do, who I am, what my life was like growing up, like zero interest. Again, just another kind of red flag because it again, even if you weren't interested in me necessarily, I'm still a participant in this weekend and it's basic human decency and courtesy to be interested in the people that you're spending time with. I don't know. That was just, that was strange. Again, just a red flag that like this guy is not considerate. He's not polite. He's not a gentleman. He doesn't really comprehend social norms is kind of what was coming across at this point, especially with the shredding of the calamari. Yeah. And another thing is it's not the fun vacation and all of this that's attractive. Like I was attracted initially because I'm like, oh, a successful man who's personable, ambitious, respectful, all these things. Yeah. And then it was like, I was not getting much of that. I was getting show off. Yeah. I was getting full of shit. Earn your keep with the cooking and the helping him carry. And I'm going to get the nicer room. Like it's mm-hmm. the needing me to drink a lot. Like it was starting to give Anna Delvey. Yeah, it was really starting to be, to show kind of like a lot of fraudulent cracks in terms of who he was as a person. Because yeah, I felt the exact same way. I was like, okay, Chaz likes this guy. She respects him. She trusts him. You know, he seems like a really successful businessman from what he has had told her to that point. And I was like, at the very least, I'll have some conversations with him. Maybe I'll learn something. Like if he's really that good at business, this could be a really interesting person to know and have in your back pocket as a mentor or something like that. So that's kind of what both of us were thinking. I never trusted him though. Uh, yeah. I mean, trusted him enough to be like, let's go to California with him is kind of where I'm at. Yes. But with a million backup plans and just to foreshadow as a teaser, at one point I scream at him, I do not trust you. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Wait for it. <laughs> this is going to need a part three, I think. Yeah, I think so. This is a lot. Okay, where were we? Oh, we were talking about his business. Yeah, his like alleged business with the governor of California and purchasing a gigantic media company. It was all just starting to seem a little embellished, very embellished, actually, not even a little embellished. And so I'm just kind of digging into it. I'm asking lots of questions, just trying to get more specific answers out of him. He can't really provide them. He's a little bit wishy-washy. The bill comes. Oh, but before the bill comes, Katie goes to the bathroom and this man whisks as fast as he can around the booth and sits by me. And I'm like so tense, almost as tense as I was on our first date. I'm always pretty tense on first dates unless I'm like really, really into someone. The other thing he kept telling me is your arms are as hard as rocks (laughs) in like an impressed way. Like he's like, you must work out. Your arms are as hard as rocks. He kept telling me that on our first date. Second date, same shit, but that this time it's because I was really, really tense because I did not want him touching me. He then looks at me and he goes, you look so good in that skirt. <laughs> he then oh, goes, no. we got to get you some more skirts. <laughs> I'm like, what? You panic. You have a literal nervous breakdown every time you get a receipt to pay. You disappear for two hours and now you're initiating a shopping, a skirt shopping spree. Wants to buy you skirts, wants to give you $100 bills so that you'll keep hanging out with him, throws money at you at every every circumstance possible. However, when the bill comes, the man turns white. Yeah. Just so that is a, that's exactly every, what happened. Every single time over this trip when a bill came, when we were all at dinner together, he would call the waiter over and go through line item by line item to 
confirm the prices of everything. God knows what this man was tipping, probably not much, and I feel bad if that's the case. It was just so strange to me to invite two women to a weekend in Malibu and then get real fucking weird in front of them. Like to yeah. the point that it was uncomfortable and strange every single time a bill came. It's like, what were you expecting us to split it? Like, what was the plan? Just watching him read through the bill, sweating with the pile of flakes <laughs> in front of him. It was just like, like, I've never seen anything quite like it. So we go back to the house. He goes back to the speaker, starts blaring more music. And I'm like ready to wind down. I'm jet lagged. He starts asking Katie and I about our tattoos. Oh, I will say he drank nothing at dinner. So we felt comfortable driving back. And he was also, that was like a plus. <laughs> I go, he's asking about our tattoos. I'm telling him whatever. Katie has a tattoo of an elephant on her lower side. She pulls her dress down a little, show him. He immediately goes over and starts touching it. And I'm like, this is getting weird. We got to go to bed. What do I do before bed? I disinfect my phone. I go under the kitchen sink to find surface cleaner to do that. The Patron bottle is there. He runs over and hurry up and grabs it as if I didn't see it. And I'm like, as though he like is hiding it from us when we don't want it to begin with. But why is it under the sink? It might have been a second one. Like, I can't remember if it was the only one or not. But why hide the Patron when I made the biggest deal about not wanting to drink it unless you just like sneak sneak it? I don't know. Anyway, I just thought that was weird. Um, So we turn off the giant speaker. We go to bed. Our minds are racing. That was night one. Yeah. At this point, we're, of course, texting each other from bed, being like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Did you see the calamari crumbs? <laughs> I'm also – we both on? just text each other calamari flakes, like, almost simultaneously. <laughs> and he could probably hear us cry laughing. It was – well, over the giant waves crashing, Katie's scared of whales, so I kept sending her whale killing statistics. I was not okay because I was – I had a floor to myself. Chaz and Buster were both staying downstairs in separate bedrooms just across – totally across from one another, completely separate. I was staying on the main floor of the house, but I was the only person on that floor. And it's just unbelievable how loud and violent the California ocean sounds when you're that close to it in the dark – with cars zooming by on the PCH at top speed that you can hear just right outside the house, just immediately right next to the house. It felt in the dark any second a car was just going to like rattle us off the, off the face of the earth and we were going to crash into the ocean. I was going to drown and a whale was going to come and get me. And I was just very afraid. It was terrifying. So the other thing we kept hearing was Buster. So the hot tub was on the very top floor. We kept hearing someone walk all around, and then we hear mm -hmm. them all the way up there, and then we hear a giant splash. Katie texts me, did this man throw himself off? Like, we were like, is this a weird trip that he had planned to throw himself off the thing? With Like, our minds start racing, and to this day, we still don't know what Yeah, we was. don't know what the splash was. It doesn't matter. It's probably He did not, not throw himself off the, the top balcony into the ocean, although. Well, the next morning, we really thought he did, because... He was MIA for hours again. Mm -hmm. Okay, day two. Day two. <laughs> Should we save it for next time or start? I think we can start on day two. We've still got a little time. So Katie and I wake up at 730 because, again, still jet lagged. And we're refreshed. We barely drank the day before. We got a lot of sleep. We are like, oh, he's still sleeping. We may I make some tea. 
we um oh the only time he never got us any bottled water um we oh only had God, tap yeah. water that had chunks of brown in it we asked for water so many times he never got it but we were like well before he wakes up let's do our little bikini malibu barbie photo shoot because we didn't want to be parading and arching our backs in front of a camera with this man as an audience we just thought that would be weird so we get done with our photo shoot after an hour and a half and we're like also my friend from new york texted me she's like hey i'm in santa monica come meet up and i'm like well i'm hungry i'm not eating the beans for breakfast i'm not there was no coffee to speak of in the house so we needed coffee i'm not walking to the restaurant because it's a death trap on the pch so it was a 15 minute drive to santa monica Katie and I are like, let's just go. At this point, it's um, almost, it's like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. We've been up for two or more hours parading around. So he can definitely tell that we're up. Mm-hmm. And you haven't heard a peep from him. So we go to get breakfast. We have the best time. We go to this beautiful little market. I have Katie taste her first fig. It was memorable for both. It was a great, great morning. We yeah. had such a good, relaxed morning just exploring Santa Monica together we were laughing so much about the night before we were having such a good day hadn't heard a word from Buster and <laughs> I mean it had been what like five hours it was like eleven thirty or something at this point it's like eleven thirty. we had stumbled upon the semi-annual sale for Victoria's Secret picked up some lingerie for other people's outing a big not for Buster for other people in our lives and just for us Because you have to take advantage of the sale when it's there. Like, we weren't going to pass it up and not get it just because we were staying with Buster, but it was not for Buster. Yeah. It was cute lingerie. So at this point, we're now getting hungry for lunch. So I'm like, Katie, it's almost lunchtime. Like, is did he jump off? (laughs) Is he okay? Did he, like, how much did he keep drinking? Like, I'm just thinking the worst. Because who would sleep that late, especially a grown man with this important job? Like, typically, you wake up early. He's on his time zone. He's not jet lagged. He lives on the West Coast. So I text him. I'm like, hey, Katie and I have been waiting for you to wake up. So we went to go get breakfast. We were starving. We're like a 15 minute drive away. If you want to come meet up with us, let us know. Keep in mind, he also never told us any plans he had, any itinerary at all. Never once communicated, hey, I'm going to wake up at this time tomorrow. Let's, you know, let's get, let's make sure we're ready around this time. We can go get coffee and then do something together. Like he did not communicate a plan whatsoever. So we woke up. He was not awake yet. We went to go get breakfast because we were hungry. So like a half an hour after I text him, hey, whenever you're up, let me know. I'll send you a pen of where we're at. We're, we're like not that far. He calls me, which I'm already annoyed at. I'm like, just use your words. Just text. Like, why do we need to have a whole phone call? I'm trying to enjoy myself. But whatever. He's very upset. He's like, I've been awake for hours alone in my room. And to which I said, why? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with me? <laughs> Literally, why? And he's like, why would you leave? Did you, are you just trying to go hang out with your friend who's in town? I thought you wanted to spend time with me. And I was like, well, I was starving and I didn't, and I quote said, I was starving and we didn't know what to eat for breakfast because we still don't want the beans. So we, I was like, we are right down the street. Would you like to come meet up with us? Do you, what else would, do you have something planned? And he's like, well, I thought we could go on a hike. And I was like, well, I don't really want to roll down the sand dune. And um, 
we were, we're already dressed. You never communicated. You wanted this to be a hike day. So we got all cute and we're dressed and we're kind of exploring in Santa Monica. And he's like, well, why'd you go all the way back to LA? And I'm like, what are you talking about? We are a 15 minute lift down the street. It's not that serious. Again, we're happy to come back if you have lunch plans or something in the works because we're starving. We had breakfast a a while ago and also we're having fun. We would love to enjoy this time with you. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, why didn't you come knock on my door? And I I said, we are not your wake-up call. I was not aware you you were expecting us to knock on your door. I imagined if you wanted to spend time with me, like you just said – you would have left your room and not stayed in it for hours. Alert. You're a grown ass man. Why didn't you get up from the bed and open your own fucking door and come upstairs if you heard us walking around? We could not have been louder. It was just one of the most bizarre conversations I've ever had. I've dated so many people, different personality types. I've been friends with different person. I've never had someone try to rationalize something so irrational to me. Yeah, it was bizarre. And he just keeps going back to, I thought you wanted to spend time with me. And I'm like, dude, if you want to spend time with me, you got to leave your room. And you also have to let me know a plan because not only is this my trip, I now have my best friend as a guest who paid for her own flight, who took off time from work. I'm going to show her a good time and feed her food. I'm going to supply these things for her because clearly you're just thinking we're going to wait around for you like to decide what you want to do when you want to do it. And I reminded him, I was like, yesterday, we get off the plane and you abandon us for two hours and don't answer us for most of it. It's starting to feel a little weird. And I'm very respectful and calm, but also like transparent. He said, okay, well, I'll meet up with you all in a half an hour. And I'm thinking, if you've been awake for hours already, it's now around noon or 11.30, I forgot. Shouldn't you already be ready? Why can't you just meet up now? So you're full of shit. You definitely slept in and you're too embarrassed to admit it. You're probably hung over from all the hidden Patron you've been chugging, allegedly. <laughs> so I, he says, in a half an hour, I'll text you when I'm ready to leave. Send me where you are. And I said, sure. 45 minutes goes by. Haven't heard from him. So I text him. Just wondering where you're at. Katie and I go stroll the little pier. We're having fun. While we're strolling, I say we we need to get him a gift. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I will say, and I give Chaz so much credit for this. Through the entire trip, she did an incredible job communicating with him when he was being completely irrational. Like the way that you handled that and the way that you handled him and the entire situation was an absolute masterclass. It was incredible to witness. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> And it was just a lot of fun. So like, yes, this was an insane situation, but you have to keep in mind, Chaz and I were having the time of our lives. It was so funny. Buster was upset with us because we had left him and not given him his wake up call and not rolled down sand dunes with him. He was getting worked up and he had started ignoring us and was not coming to meet up. And Chaz was like, Katie, we have to get him something so that he like knows that we're thinking about him and that we want to spend time with him. She was like, we have to get him a gift. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I'm not buying this man anything. But I was like, if you really want to, like, what do you want to get him? Like a candle or something? What could you possibly want to get him? And she was like, no, like we need to get him something like really dumb. And she was like, like a $5 limit, like something with his name on it. Plenty of things on the pier that engraved monograms, whatever. I get this man, I pay literally only $5 
including tax, everything. $5 even, I Venmo the person. It was <laughs> it was on the Santa Monica Pier. And you know, those people who work at carnivals and theme parks and, and beaches, they have little stands, little carts set up where they will hand paint a sign for you, a, like a child's name on it or someone's name or... It's always a child. Can you... It's always a child. <laughs> it's very childish. It's like cartoon paintings with the letters of someone's name is typically what people get painted. And Chaz goes up and pays a man $5 to write Buster's name on one of these paper cardboard signs. It is so big. We have photos with it that we can't put. Maybe we'll post like with it blacked out or something. I don't know what's going to give you the right idea of this, but it was so funny because we then had to carry it around for the rest of the day this massive cardboard sign with his name on it that looks like we're giving it to like someone's five-year-old son but it's for a grown man katie's like Chaz, do you expect him to hang this in his bedroom and i said absolutely yes (laughs) it was so much fun and it was so fucking funny and we're just cracking up at this point carrying the sign around santa monica having the time of our lives Chaz then texts him because he's still not responded he didn't come to meet us he didn't respond i texted him in 15 minute intervals for another two or hour and a half or two hour span and at this point i'm thinking he threw our bags with our passports into the ocean he's never yeah. coming back what are we gonna do like i'm panicked he promised me in 30 minutes he was gonna reach out we are going on almost two hours of not hearing from the man it's bizarre behavior For two women who are across the country in a place they're not used to, it was really fucked up also. Like it was not a, it was not a nice thing to do. It was a very weirdly controlling, fucked up thing to do. Yeah, he was throwing a fit. He was. He was throwing a hissy fit. Mm -hmm. He finally answers the phone and he's super out of breath. We are convinced he was pretending to be hiking. (laughs) (laughs) Can't confirm. I don't know. And he just keeps on with the sob story. He's And he goes, you never texted me where you were. To which I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> you told me verbatim you would text me. Katie is a witness to it. And also, I did text you. I kept asking, are you ready to meet up or not? It's taking you so long to respond, which is putting us into a panic. And it's a really bad experience. And again, for someone who's so upset about wanting to spend time when you're barricading yourself in your room and now not texting at all, it kind of gives the wrong impression. So at this point, I'm not really sure if I'd like to continue this trip. And this is just the shortened version. I was on the phone with this man. Katie and I found the most beautiful hotel courtyard to have some wine in. And it was amazing with our giant painting of his name. It was hilarious. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chaz and I are having a great day, in fact, and we're happy that it's just us because we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah. Having a very nice afternoon, but he's now calling and trying to say that we didn't make any effort to see him, which is absolutely not the case. And Chaz will absolutely put him in his place about it. It was so, it was wildly entertaining to hear from my end because all I could hear was Chaz's side of things. And she spent... Close to what, like 40 minutes on the phone with him? Yeah, just going in circles. 
I was not yeah. going to let him win because why would I? It was actually starting to infuriate me. You're yeah. a grown ass man. You're definitely not 46 like you said you were. You're definitely at least a decade older and you're acting like an actual child. Even the most immature men I've dated have never tried to gaslight as much as he was. And I was almost entertained by it. I haven't had this much relationship drama in such a long time. I was almost leaning it. Like, good. I'm proving to myself I still got it. I'm never letting anyone take advantage of me, manipulate me. He doesn't know who he's dealing with. He's going to learn today. And that is what happened. So eventually, he won't shut the fuck up. So I say, I'm no- I can't have this conversation any longer. I'm going to go. And I just hang up. He starts t- texting. He changes his tune as soon as I refuse to engage tip for all of you out there dealing with a person who's irrational just don't engage (laughs) he starts apologizing profusely and then on the phone when he was talking at me not with me i said just so you know not only did we try spending time with you i also have a nice gift for you that i've been lugging around She says the words nice gift about this five dollar sign and I lose my shit. (laughs) When he's texting me apologizing, he said, can I please come get my gift? And I I said, I'll show you what it is. And I sent him the picture of me holding the sign, which he responded with, I love it. (laughs) Katie and I are just, we have not, we always laugh so much when we're together, but this really took it to a new level of laughter. So at this point, I tell him, I gaslight back and I say, already committed to dinner plans with my friend because you didn't answer me for hours and I didn't want to be stranded for dinner another night. I now have these plans that I can't cancel, which was a lie. I just wanted to keep spending time with Katie. The man was pissing me off to no end. And I also knew once we go back to this house, we are not going to be able, we're going to have to get another Uber again. Like the man- We're going to have to be in a car with him again or him driving, like- I don't know. It was just, it was a lot. And yeah. also, let it be known, Chaz and I, we literally financed that entire day on our own and we're yeah. happy to continue doing it so that we could continue having a good time. Yeah, we're there for the experience, not the fried calamari. He's all huffy and puffy. And I said, if you really were wanted to spend time, you would have planned an itinerary, given us a heads up. I can only be in a hot tub for 20 minute intervals do you want me to come back and just sit in a hot tub? I'm just confused what you're expecting of us. This is our time and our energy. And I had really fun plans in New York that I missed out on. It also took six hours out of my life to be on that fucking flight. I'm not coming back. I didn't fly all this way to sit in a house. Yes, it's a beautiful house. It's still sitting in a house. You can come meet us out or you can make real plans and be a better host and communicate what we're doing because you're starting to kind of freak us out. So at that point, Katie and I go to another really amazing spot. I think it was Elefante. It was so much fun. We befriend the bartender, tell him the whole story. So he goes, I've planned an amazing dinner at this gorgeous hotel. I have a reservation for all of us. Please come back and we can go. He was a, we really put, went into full gentleman mode, got us a car back. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, Katie and I are getting ready for the dinner. We give him his present. He did love it in person just as much as he did on the picture. (laughs) We're getting ready. He knocks on the door of her back. No, 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 no. We have to go back to this because his exact reaction. <laughs> we get out of this car. I'm so excited to watch Chaz hand him this thing. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it all day. We get out of the car. Chaz immediately goes up, hands it to him. She goes, oh, do you like your gift? And his exact words, he looks at it and he goes, would you look at that? 
And then we also rushed to our bed. We had we had to rush to our bedrooms because we had to hide the lingerie because we didn't want him getting a glimpse of it and thinking we got it for him. Right. So we're just kind of hiding. We're getting ready. We're having fun. We're listening to Malibu by Miley over and over. Like it was just an amazing time. We get a knock on the door. It's him. It's Buster. What's Buster holding? The fucking meat. He finally grilled the meat. And he's offering it to us cut up on a plate. His plate. There's only one plate. And we just say, no, thank you. But at least the meat's out of the way. You can no longer offer it to us. Yeah, now at least it's off the table. We don't have to pretend that we might eat that at some point. He was literally following us around the bathroom, coming up behind us, being like, do you, do you want some? Do you want a piece? <laughs> we were both like, no. Even, I just still can't believe, even when we were at the restaurant, he was still suggesting we watch the sunset from the house as if we did not need to eat dinner. Oh, and also to backtrack, the man goes, I don't really eat meals. I kind of just eat multiple snacks. Or what did he say? Yeah, he goes, I eat six to eight snacks throughout the day, smaller things. I don't really eat full meals. To which Chaz and I both said, we do. (laughs) Like, excuse me? At this point, we decline the meat. We're getting, we're done getting ready. We have one drink before dinner, all together to make up for the drama, to rebond. It's time to leave. We get, we're in his car. He goes, he looks at me and says, "Before dinner, I actually decided to go to a house party at my friend's house, so we're gonna go." I said, "Are you fucking kidding me? Don't you dare leave this driveway and pull off with us before telling me where I'm going." whose house I'm going to. He goes, why? Don't you trust me? He pulls out the driveway. We are now on the PCH. We were bamboozled. We're not going to the restaurant for dinner. We're going to a stranger's house somewhere in the hills or wherever. And I start screaming, no, I don't trust you. Katie starts screaming, where are we going? And I said, give me the first and last name of the person's house. And he said, I've known him for years. And I said, okay, so give me his name. And he said, I don't know his name. And I said, if you don't give me his fucking name, I'm literally going to jump out of this car. And he said, I just can't believe you don't trust me. And he just keeps driving. We'll leave it at that. Cliffhanger to leave y'all on this week. Obviously, Chaz and I did make it out alive to record this episode and tell you all about it. So it does have a happy ending. But this was one of the scariest moments probably that Chaz and I have ever had together. Like it was genuinely very, very frightening to be in a place with a man we don't know very well who is already a pretty risky, crazy driver who just fucking, as soon as we start asking questions about like, wait, what? what's the plan? Where are we going? Whose house are we supposed to be going to? You didn't tell us this. Like, hang on a second. Let us get our bearings. And he just skirt right out onto the PCH, starts flying down the freeway. And Chaz and I are now stuck in this car. So that's where we'll pick it up next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being along for the ride and being patient with us. Sorry, this is so many parts, but we want to really make sure we get the details in because they do make the story what it is. And it's a wild story. Imagine listening to us on two times the speed. How insane that sounds. Uh, Like and subscribe and leave us a review if you haven't. Buster, don't leave us a review. Yeah, I hope Buster never hears. Honestly, maybe Buster should hear this. Um, He stalks me from Finsta's. So TBD on whether Buster will ever hear this and ever have something to say to us. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>
please stop? <laughs>